a cuppa and a good chinwag? The story has real-life stories to inspire and make you smile. Weekdays on Vision and on demand in the app. Life, culture and current events from a biblical perspective. 2020 on Vision. As you will know, on the back of the Royal Commission into Institutional Child Sexual Abuse, these days Christian church denominations have in place wonderful programs for the protection of children. But there will always be the ongoing need for vigilance and to develop leaders in ways to keep children safe when they're part of church activities. Over this past six months, there's been an initiative underway across the states and territories called the Child Safe National Roadshow. It's been run by the National Child Harm Prevention Charity called Child Safe. And the tour has been about helping empower organisations, businesses, charities and churches to improve their current child safety systems in light of the Royal Commission's recommendations. Neil Milton is the Child Safe spokesperson and business development leader. And he's back with us today for something of a debrief on how the tour has gone so far this year. And Neil Milton, a special welcome back to 2020. Yeah, thanks so much for having me. Neil, how far into the tour is it now? And I, I imagine you're you're looking forward to uh, the end of the tour because no doubt it's pretty tiring. But but where are you at uh, context-wise for the tour so far? Yeah, look, we've done 23 events around Australia. Uh, uh, we have been uh, from ACT to New South Wales, Tasmania, WA, um, all over the place, Queensland as well. Uh, we've only got Victoria and Northern Territory to go. So uh, it's really, really exciting uh, to know that um, people are, are interested in this and are passionate about the same sort of stuff as we are. Okay, so right up front, uh, you've been to all of those other states and now Victoria and the Northern Territory, the only two states that have dates left and uh, people, of course, will be able to get those dates. And so for Victorian listeners and for Northern Territory listeners, childsafe.org.au. Now, have you been able to say, Neil, all of the things that you wanted to say about child safety uh have the meetings been did they meet your expectations i uh, look you know that's a really great question because <laughs> i've got high expectations so <laughs> i'm not sure if they meet all of my expectations i will say this uh in 23 meetings so far around australia we have spoken to over 220 different organizations and well over 500 people that have actually been uh to the events uh, so that's been absolutely fantastic. We've had people from churches, sporting clubs, childcare centres, defence force, schools, um, NGOs, non-for-profits, you name it. We've had community groups, all different people. And so to get the opportunity to speak to so many people around Australia um, that really need to know this stuff, uh, that's been great. Now, I will say this, that I, I guess I would have thought with the climate around the Royal Commission, also in the media, that we would have had every single session packed out. That has not been the case. And some of the questions has, uh, when we do a, a Q&A panel, um, one of the questions has been, why isn't this room completely filled? Uh, and is it a sign of the climate of times? And 
And I, and I, to which I reply, yes, it, it is a sign of the times, but it's also about people still getting to know who we are as an organisation. Okay, well, I can pick up a negative in there, uh, saying why weren't the rooms filled every time you held one of these roadshow sessions? Uh, because you might say that there could be an element of complacency, and I think you're identifying that, and no doubt the frustration of some of those who were passionate about why they were attending some of your roadshows, that they might be reflecting on their own community's complacency by not having a representative there to hear what they needed to know. Is that the sort of thing you're reflecting on there? Yeah, absolutely. I think uh, the reality is that, yes, there is complaints, complacency, uh, but there's also people trying to do some really good things. I think one of the best outcomes, uh, one of the best outcomes of this uh, roadshow so far has been the number of churches and other organisations that have got in touch or when we followed them up and got in touch that they've shared, yeah, after your meeting, uh, after, after the session, uh, the next day we had a staff meeting, we decided what we were going to do, we've now put these things in place. Other people said to me, uh, um, we're going to sign up with you and, and subscribe with you because we know that you've got the tools and services to help us and, uh, and other people. So there is actually the action side of things. I guess my heart breaks because our desire is to make Australia child safe and we know that we've got to get to as many people as we can in order for the community to really hold on to this and organisations to hold on to this. Uh, well, I'm excited by the idea that you had significant Q&A sessions at uh, some of these meetings and probably all of these meetings. Uh, what sort of questions were people asking? If you can reflect on the sorts of responses that you were getting, and uh, you already mentioned that there were some frustrated that the room wasn't full, but uh, what sort of questions were people asking? Can you recall? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so one of the, the major questions that we have had is one of the child safe standards is that uh, children's participation and empowerment, like there's actually this desire around making sure that one of the standards is around making sure that children are empowered to help make decisions that affect them around child safety. And so a lot of, and also being in child language as well. And so one of the major questions has been, so how do we do that? I mean, we've never done that before. We're the adults, we're the experts. Before, we've never consulted the children on the fact that um, around their child safety, we've just put things in place. And so we've had this really great, robust discussion around what it looks like to actually give children a voice. And that's probably one of the greatest uh, threads that have come out of the Royal Commission is about giving children a voice. And let me say, for listeners on this program today, uh, let's open our talkback lines and uh, we'll take calls because let's consider this something like a Q&A session where you'll be able mm. to speak to Neil Milton. And uh, let me encourage listeners, let's open our talkback line on 1-800-316-316. You might have your own questions or your own insight or your own comment about just how safe children are in churches these days. Uh, you might have your own thoughts about uh, the churches in your community. Are they doing what they ought to be doing? Uh, do they know that there are child-safe standards? 
uh, do you know in your own local church what those child safe standards are? Perhaps you're working in your local church in perhaps a children's ministry or a youth ministry role. Uh, are you aware of the child safe standards that you need to be, uh, uh, you know, up with uh, so far as uh, keeping children in your community safe? So 1-800-316-316. You might like to join in our conversation today and uh, particularly if you have some questions for Neil Milton about these child safe standards. Let's come to some of these child safe standards because no doubt your presenters, Neil, are going through a set program each time. And I know these 10 child safe standards are going to be part of it. Uh, what are the, the most important ones in there that uh, that capture most attention? Yeah, I think everything hinges on the first one. And these this Child Safe Standard, according to the Royal Commission, is child safety is embedded in institutional leadership, governance and culture. And what that says is that the area of child safety and the desire to keep children safe from harm and abuse is actually led from the top. It's led from the leadership, from the governance and from the culture of the organisation. And what we have found is that there's some people in congregations and organisations around the place that really want to get this whole child safety thing going on in their organisation, but it's the, it's the leadership and the governance and the boards that actually are like, well, we've already done what we need to do, therefore we don't need to um, continue in this place. So that's probably, I think, the best. And, and the thing is, is that the, the thinking around it is not that we're doing this because, you know, we need to adhere to the standards you know, because of, of law and our state standards, et cetera, et cetera. But it's actually because our desire is that we don't want to see a child harmed or abused. Therefore, we will put these things in place, not we're going to put these things in place and, and that's it kind of thing. You know, I imagine that some of the attitudes you may have come across are, it's all too hard, this all looks very mm. complicated, uh, I mm. just wanted to be involved uh, in church life where, you know, we can care for kids, uh, share a Christian gospel message with them, uh, help them to grow as uh, young Christian people to a level of maturity, uh, all these other standards and things, I never signed up for that. Did you find that there was any frustration, Neil? About the sorts of you know ways that people were approaching their involvement with children in church life. Yeah, in some absolutely. I mean, it frustrates me every single day. Some conversations that I have are amazing, and people are doing great things. Other people are like, "Yeah, we don't need to do that," and uh, because you know we know everyone here, or we, um, you know, we, we've been around for this many years, and we've got this many volunteers, and they already know each other, and they know the kids, etc. The problem is. 95% of all abuse that happens, the perpetrator knew their victim. And so it's, it's, not, as, it's not about saying, well, we've got, we've got these things in place or we've got that or, or we know everyone or whatever it is. It's about going, okay, what is the culture we want to set here? What is the example we want to set to the community? I um, mean, standard number two says children participate in decisions affecting them and are taken seriously. Uh, are children taken Seriously, I mean, statistics say, say in Australia that one out, of, one out of three people would actually believe a child if they shared their abuse. One out of three. So what about the number two? You know, and so every third person, they would believe a child that they've been abused. The problem is that 98% of cases were true. 
there's an issue there. Okay. All right. Well, uh, we'll take some calls. Uh, let's start taking some calls now. And uh, and I'll just just to uh, prepare listeners here. While we're talking about you know whether you think your church is doing the right things and is ready. Uh, I'd just like to say, let's not name churches. Uh, so you might no. be reflecting on your church. We'll take some first names uh, of callers. Uh, we won't name churches, uh, and uh, and so, uh, but we'll we'll get a general uh, reflection on what you think might be happening in your community. Uh, but it won't be an opportunity to uh, you know put the boot into your church or into churches in your community. Uh, let's keep things at a question level, and uh, let's take one from Les in New South Wales. Hello, Les. Welcome along. Oh, hi, how are you going? Very well, Les. What are your thoughts or what sort of question would you ask someone like Neil Milton? Uh, I'd just like to, uh, my question is that um, does he think that uh, the working with children's check is enough? Um, do we need to do more um, in that regards? Uh, what sort of um, checks do they do? You know, like uh, how deep do they go? Um, yeah, so okay. There's, does he think that it's enough? Uh, just, yeah, good question, and I think that the different states and territories have different ways of checking on someone's suitability to be working with children, but your thoughts for Les, Neil? Yeah, hi, Les. Thanks for that question, mate. Um, look, the reality is that we don't believe that working with children check is enough because it only looks at convictions with uh, child-related crime. So... So if you have, um, you're a, a pedo- if someone is a pedophile and um, they can get a working with children check if they haven't been convicted or it won't show up they've been convicted. And so the reality is that every state is different. And so you could be a pedophile in one state, you could skip from other states, et cetera, et cetera. What we recommend is that there's a process in place in that, yes, you need to have work with children check because that's, that's law around Australia or work with vulnerable people check, et cetera, depending on where you are. Uh, but also we recommend that there is two references as well. And so each volunteer, there would be two references that, that, um, that you would give them a call uh, and, and find out whether they think they're suitable as well. And also a prior conduct statement. And so that means that they need to effectively confess if there's anything, if they're on the sex register, if they... Um, if there is actually anything that would stop them from looking after children. But if you want to be fully, you know, fully checked, if you like, then a police check is always the best option. Okay, thank you so much to Les from New South Wales. Our talkback line open on 1-800-316-316. Let's continue to take some calls. Shelby is on the line from Queensland. Hi, Shelby. Welcome along. How you going, Neil? Hey, Good. mate, mine's probably a little bit further uh, a question away from this particular subject, which I like the idea anyway of them having these full police checks and so on. Um, but I'm concerned, some time back you were, and I missed or, and most of it, and I was too busy to get the podcast. Um, there was something that Wendy Francis, I think it was, um, brought up that the teaching in the schools um, is going to be compulsory in, in attacking Christian schools. Um, with this, uh, say, school business, whereas they can, some, something was said in along the line that they can um, take the children away from the parents if they object to this, you know, this type of teaching, um, and also even have the parents um, uh, charged in somewhat manner. Um, what is happening with that at this point of time? Uh, Shelby, it is a little off track. Uh, in brief, 
I think what you're making reference to is the idea that may develop over the issue of transgender and uh, in particularly where there are some schools that have the Safe Schools program, uh, that what may develop could be along the lines of similarity to things that have unfolded in nations like Canada, uh, where children have been uh, separated from parents uh, and parents who have been uh, in some ways accused of uh, even child abuse uh, because they've not wanted their children to proceed in some ways along the lines of uh, sex change programs and such things. That is a little off track and we will be talking about those things uh, on different programs. But, uh, Shelby, thank you so much for your call. We are taking calls on 1-800-316-316. Life, culture and current events from a biblical perspective. 2020 on Vision. And our talkback line open on 1-800-316-316. You might have your own question to ask about whether churches in your community might be up to speed on child safety in light of what's happened with the Royal Commission into Institutional Child Sexual Abuse. I wonder whether you've got a question. You might have a comment about things as you see them, perhaps as a church member or someone who works in children's ministry. Are you up to date with those sorts of standards? And what sort of question would you ask Neil Milton, who has been gleaning a lot from the uh, the campaign, the national tour this year? Uh, Neil, let's continue to take a call or two. Kristen is on the line from Cairns. Hello, Kristen. Welcome along. Thank you. Kristen, what are your thoughts for our conversation today? One of my thoughts is that I'm someone who works in a school, runs a scripture union camp, and also does ministry. And one of my struggles is that there doesn't seem to be any equivalency in the training. So I have to do child safe training at school, I do the scripture union stuff, and I actually deliver the training at my church. And so people get reluctant to come and sit through almost identical training um, particularly, say, between the SU camps and the child safe training. And I'm wondering if there's any avenue for recognising training within a, a registered organisation. Fabulous question. Neil Milton, what's mm. your response for Kristen? Yeah, hi, Kristen. Um, yeah, that's fantastic. And thanks so much for delivering the child safe training. That's wonderful. Um, it all comes back to what the organisation decides. And so um, if, for instance, um, your church... Uh, says that we recognise in your child safe policy, we recognise child safe training, we recognise this teacher training, we recognise this training, then that's absolutely fine. It's just that it has to be in a policy um, and it just depends on what you have uh, chosen to do in that space. Okay, Kristen, does that answer your question? Well, only partially. I mean, we literally subscribe to child safe. And so my, my register is with those people. But what I'm saying is there's no room for me to enter into that, that um, schedule that someone has done training through a different organisation that's a recognised training. All right, you'd yep. like to see a national standard uh, for training that would be for use in schools and in parachurch and in church organisations. Isn't, isn't that an ideal, Neil? Yeah, um, absolutely. But um, what she's really talking about is one of our tools and services called Safety Management Online. And within that product, uh, within that tool, um, at, uh, there is actually space to be able to do that. It's in the configuration uh, process and, and it's called offline training. And so you can actually add 
um, the name of that particular training and the person who's managing that database can actually tick that that person has actually done it. So if you want to get in touch with, um, with us, um, with the administrator, and, um, and we can have that conversation offline for sure. Kristen from Cairns, thank you so much for your call. Our talkback line remains open on 1-800-316-316. Give us a call. Our special guest is Neil Milton. We're talking about the Child Safe uh, Roadshow and 1-800-316-316. Neil, before we go on, uh, the idea that uh, you're training your children's ministries uh, to have all of these wonderful safety measures in place. Uh, some will say it adds layers of administration, and particularly in small churches. And no doubt you've had contact with small churches right around the country this year. Uh, but mm. it doesn't need to be someone who is a paid person, but someone who's passionate about protecting children. Do you find that churches have someone who's responsible for uh, taking care of that training and making sure that everyone's got their right uh, accreditations? Yeah, look, uh, the best thing to do is to appoint, say, a child safety officer or a risk management officer in your organisation. And yes, if you can't sort of pay them or it's a you know, really small church, whatever it is, then they do need to be passionate about this topic. And we suggest that it normally takes about 18 months to really get these things in order and get you know, our tools and services that help out in order. But the, the one thing that we say is we say, just start somewhere. Start with actually making the decision around culture that you're going to decide to do this and then make a plan of action to start to make sure that everyone's working on children checks, reference, and you have a policy, code of conduct, and go down the line like that to help people to understand that this is actually a high priority. Neil, on your travels, did you find that when you spoke to churches or parachurch organisations that work with children and teenagers that they had someone who was a child safety officer? Did you find that was the norm, or was that uh, just catching on and people are saying, oh, we, we need to do something about that? Yeah, I think that is still catching on. I think that there is a desire more than an action thing because they're probably the catering person or the, on the welcome team or on the music team or on the, you know, how it is with churches in terms of volunteers. And so, therefore, um, it has to be made a priority um, and almost a designated opportunity for someone or position for someone rather than just an add-on thing because this, is, is a big topic. I mean, the reality is that most states, um, there is actually the added pressure of recognising that if, if organisations like churches aren't adhering to their state standards, that there is actually a body, um, a, an actual body that's been entrusted to help organisations to, to make sure they are following these standards. There is actually reprimand if we don't do that. So people can be fined if they haven't actually put these things in place, etc. So it's a really important thing. And whilst, um, whilst there are so many other, uh, other things that people are doing around churches and you know, buildings and all that sort of gear, uh, the reality is that this has to take precedent because this is about the now and the future of the church. You have a new campaign that's starting as early as this weekend and no doubt there's this overlap with the roadshow, the national tour. 
but the program's called Are They Safe? It starts on this Sunday. Uh, is the idea here that you can take the campaign that you've been running around the nation to a new level uh, with Are They Safe? How does it all work and what does it look like? Yeah, so one of the things that we've recognised out of the roadshow is that, that there weren't parents there. You know, there wasn't a lot of parents there. There were organisation leaders, which is true. That's exactly right. But child safety is a community decision. It is not a one organisation or a uh, one-person thing or a church thing. It is actually a whole community decision. And so what we wanted to do is to help parents to understand what their rights are of what questions to ask organisations around child safety. And so we've started this campaign called Are They Safe? Um, It's in line with the National Child Protection Week next week. And it's basically, we're launching a video on Sunday through our um, Child Safe Australia Facebook page. And it will be shared and liked and, and those sort of things. But it's basically people, parents who are sharing that either they've been abused as a child and now they've got kids and they don't want to see it happen in in their in their kids' lives, as it did in theirs, and they actually are asking organisations to do what they need to do, what they should do um, around child safety, and so that's what this campaign is all about. Uh, Neil, uh, ticklish, but when we're talking about parents, and there'll be parents listening to our conversation today, and mm. a little worried about what their particular local church is doing or is importantly not doing. Uh, a mm. reluctance to get involved in this. Uh, what do you mm. say to parents uh, who are part of a church, but they don't know any, they've got no idea what the child safety procedures are because the, the leaders are not talking about it. Uh, what do you say to parents in order to perhaps just make their voice heard uh, that these are important to them? Uh, what's your advice? Mm. Yeah, well, over the last um, three weeks, we have um, been doing addressing one of those questions to organisations to parents to ask organisations on our Facebook Australia Facebook page, um, Child Safe Australia Facebook page. And basically what we've been doing is addressing one particular question to ask their organisation. So the first one we talked about was, um, does your leaders, your staff and volunteers have a work with children check and are they child safe tracked? Now, the motivation for that is what you're really wanting to know is you really want to know if the people that are going to be caring for your children are actually the right people that should be caring for your children and if the organisation takes child safety seriously. You know, the second one we talked about, does it have a child safe policy, a code of conduct? Well, that looks at recognising that the organisation... And have you seen it? That's a really great question. Have you actually seen it? Um, Because a lot of organisations might have something like that, but it's in a drawer and parents aren't actually aware of what it is. And so what we're saying is, hey... We want to empower parents to ask these questions, to put a little pressure on organisations, say, actually, you know what? We care about our children so much so, we need the peace of mind knowing that we can bring our children here. All right. so that's one of the things we're doing. Neil Milton is our guest. He's the Child Safe spokesperson and business development leader. We're back with more after Vision National News. Our talkback line open on 1-800-316-316. We'll take some more calls after news. Coming up, afternoons on Vision Christian Radio. Well, where is that month gone? It's the final day of August and on Friday, we like to have a bit of fun. So we'll be looking at some unusual baby names from America. Plus... 
Uh, Neil, before we take another call, uh, let me just ask you about uh, some of the good stories, some of the people you've come across on the national tour, uh, and what sort of organisations are saying uh, when they have uh, they've seen the things that have happened, what they've done after uh, receiving this good information that you've been delivering delivering on the roadshow. Uh, are there some some good stories you can share with us? Yeah, absolutely. I think uh, I'm always inspired when someone comes up to me and tells me what they've already done, but that this roadshow has helped them to understand there's actually still more to be done. See, one of the standards actually talks about uh, review and continuous improvement. It's not a set-and-forget approach. You don't just put the stands in place and then just walk away and it's done. It's actually a, a review process, a continuous review process, because... Things happen, risks happen and, and, and accidents happen and et cetera, et cetera. But if you set and forget everything, then therefore it's not going to be helpful. Um, and so when someone comes up to me, like there's a church over in Tasmania that are doing great and they're called the Rock Church. And the Rock Church are, um, are doing remarkable things over there. They, they have a child safety officer. Um, they actually have to pay them. They're not a massive church. Uh, in Tasmania, in, in Penguin, but they have someone there that is designated. They have signs up. Um, each person is uh, working in children checked. They have, a, um, they have something on their staff meeting every single week that says, what can we do better in child safety, even though they're doing amazing. So they're a great example of a church that has really started to move forward in this. They also use all of our tools um, our child safety tools um, with child safe. So um, they are a people that are doing some remarkable things. Okay, so let's honour the Rock Church in Penguin in Tasmania because they've got some of the bases covered. And uh, I'm picking up that, uh, you know, you're reluctant to say that every church you came across has good things in place, but certainly there are churches like the Rock Church in Penguin that's doing the right thing and uh, honour to them today and uh, congratulations on people from the Rock Church in Penguin. Uh, so, so far as where you start, Neil... Uh, because mm. there'll be some who are saying, uh, I don't know if I even know that my church has got uh, even the, the really basics in place. Uh, so yeah. starting with that child safe officer, I think is where you were saying uh, in this last uh, segment. But uh, so getting started, uh, and, and it obviously it must involve the pastor or the priest to be involved in this. But uh, But where do you say to people, this is how you simply get things started? Yeah, look, it starts with a decision. It actually starts the decision that we are going to put children in a, as our highest priority and we don't desire any child to be harmed or abused. So their culture is the beginning point and that starts from leadership. And out of that, there needs to be a decision made um, of what the baseline or the line in the sand is around child safety. And that is sort of formed through your child safe policy and procedures. And so in that child safe policy, you would outline um, what you are deciding as an organisation around child safety. So it's, it's not the behaviours, that's a code of conduct and that would probably come next. So the child safety policy code of conduct and then you would actually involve children in the process of, of developing these things. So you would involve the community and you would involve, uh, involve the children in a questioning and, and, and trying to work out what is the best form of safety in your organisation. 
Our talkback line open on 1-800-316-316 if you'd like to join in our conversation uh, talking about child safety. Uh, Neil, Neil, if I ask you uh, about mm-hmm. this idea of review and continuous improvement, uh, all of mm-hmm. a sudden you start to say that and then uh, it sounds like a lot of hard work. But mm. how do you suggest uh, for people who are in church life and uh, children's mm. and youth ministry, how they actually have that review and continuous improvement process? Is this something you talk about every time your leaders meet or is it something you designate once a year? How should that work? Well, I think an annual one is a no-brainer. Like as in we actually go, yep, it's a, we're going to put it in our, um, put it in our board meeting or whatever it is for every single year. But if there's an incident, and I'm not just talking about sexual incident, I'm talking about something, you know, breaking leg or whatever it is, then all the procedures around that need to actually be reviewed. And so you, you, you definitely do an annual review, absolutely. We kind of recommend every six months to do a bit of a review. Um, but that's not just, that's a review, not just around the risk management side of things, um, in your building and those sort of things. It's actually getting together and, and saying, well, are we doing child safety better? Um, is the toileting situation going well in terms of, you know, two people taking a child to the toilet? Is the, are we actually referencing all the people that are doing it? Are we doing incident reporting and uh, et cetera, et cetera? And so you're actually reviewing the whole process at least once a year. You know, it sounds to me, Neil, it makes good sense uh, for the health of your local church to have these sorts of things in place uh, because uh, for every parent who has children, mine are grown up now, but I know that uh, when I, my children were little, uh, having having them in an environment where I'm convinced that they are safe is going to be giving me a, a great level of confidence in the church that I'm belonging to. Uh, what are you, what's your uh, thoughts about how much good sense it makes to have children protected at the highest levels in your local church? Absolutely. Well, the n- number one reason um, why people aren't going to churches is because of the um, abuse and the scandals and those sort of things. So that's one thing um, in terms of that. But in terms of making sense of all of this, the Bible says that let the children come to me. Jesus put them as, as the highest regard when society had put them down. We, a churches need to actually recognize that it, unless they hold children as the highest regard, then, then, the, then they're missing a very key component of, of the church as a whole. And there might be those who are thinking, well, now that the Royal Commission is over, things are dying down, the dust is settling, maybe we don't need to be so attentive, but this is the time to pay real attention here. I wonder whether you've got at your fingertips at all, Neil, uh, the idea of, uh, you know, facts about abuse statistics in Australia. I mean, just how significant this is and how much churches need to actually win the confidence of parents uh, rather than just assume that the parents are thinking everything is okay. What, what about uh, statistics? What do things look like uh, in Australia right now? Yeah, look, it's one in four girls and one in seven boys are sexually abused before they're 18 in Australia. That's 58,000 cases in Australia and abuse happens every 90 seconds. So now that is not only in organisations, but that includes organisations. And so most abuse happens in the home 
and that's about 90, 90 95%. Uh, but there's still that five, ten, five to ten percent that actually does happen in organisations, and that is is really critical. As I said, ninety five percent of the cases um, where someone was abused, that that perpetrator actually knows their victim. And one of probably the hardest statistic is that um, the average age of an abuser is under thirty five. Now, what's really interesting about that? is that um, I think, and, and it's probably, you know, researched as well, but the reality is that um, it's because of the online abuse that happens as well. And so we're not just talking about sexual abuse. We're talking about bullying. We're talking about verbal abuse, spiritual abuse, physical abuse, all of those types of abuse. But it happens to a child, and that's not good enough. There's a national perception, isn't there, and uh, this is followed on from the Royal Commission, uh, that somehow or other churches and uh, institutional uh, arms of churches are not safe places for children. And certainly there will be times uh, over the previous decades uh, when some were not safe at all. But this national perception, you have to address that. You can't just say, oh, well, maybe it'll all just go away as uh, as things die down. You have, to, you have to work at this. How do you hope that churches uh, will work at this perception within their own communities uh, as to uh, the way people think about them and, and recognise them as safe places and not unsafe places? Well, um, the former Royal Commissioner Robert Fitzgerald, when I met with him, um, he says no organisation is exempt from harm and abuse. They're only exempt if they're willing to put what they need to put in place to protect children. So if, if churches are going around and going, well, no, nothing's going to happen here, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, um, then the high chances it could actually happen. Plus, it's not just that. It's actually recognising that perpetrators want to get infiltrate places that are not protected. And so perpetrators are looking for um, places that aren't looking at checks and aren't doing reference checks, et cetera, et cetera, and that aren't advertising their safety practices online, as in a child safe policy, a code of conduct they, that people can download from the community off their website, etc. So people are, you know, there's a desire for... Um, churches to be safe places and it was very obvious through the Royal Commission that uh, that there were so many recommendations that churches really need to adhere to and they really focused on churches so yeah. Uh, Neil you mentioned a little earlier that there is likely to be uh, levels of punitive measures for organizations mm. that don't have protections in place and now yeah. if uh, if if the idea of uh, of you know having doing the right thing and and having things best for the children isn't there, then there is going to be something of a big stick that the government is going to wave around. Uh, what does that look like? Is uh, What sort of punitive measures do they have planned? Uh, what do you share with churches and say, well, if, unless you get things right, uh, someone will come in with a big stick and they will uh, start waving it around? Uh, what, what sort of things would you expect? Yeah, well, the truth is I don't really say that very often, um, and the reason being is because I like to come and approach where Actually, it's about the culture, et cetera, et cetera. If they are completely um, adamant that we don't need to change, et cetera, et cetera, then I share what I'll share with you now. For instance, Vic, uh, the CCYP, the um, Centre for Children and Young People, uh, sorry, Commission for Children and Young People, which is the government body that has been entrusted to make sure that these child safe standards 
uh, are rolled out in Victoria, the seven child safety standards um, for Victoria. Um, when I met with the, the heads of that, they shared with me that, uh, that there is actually a reprimand um, if people do not adhere to. So what happens is, just like OH&S, they can go out and they can uh, go out to an organisation like a church, and I wouldn't be surprised if they do, and, and say, can I please have a look at what you've done for these seven child safety standards? If they have not done it, then there'll be a period of time where they need to put things in place, etc. And after that, if that hasn't happened, then they could be fined or, yeah, there could be some higher measures than that. Uh, let me just speculate for a few moments that if you're in a country town or a regional town and your church is under review because you haven't met those child-safe practices, uh, that makes even a juicy headline for a local newspaper. So uh, the publicity that can come when you don't have these child-safe practices in place could be very significant, very detrimental for any local church. That's exactly right. I mean, you know, the truth is if there is one, I mean, there, if there's one abuse case in a, in a, in a church and that, and that got out or, or, or the way they handled it wasn't good or they rubbed it under the carpet, which is what happened with the Royal Commission, or a lot of those cases, the reason there's no data is because it was just put under the carpet. No one sort of shared it until that, those five years. Um, if, if that's not done, the truth is, and I really do believe this, that could be the end of a church or an end of an organisation because not just the abuse that happens but how it's handled uh, and how the, the, the children are respected and loved and cared for in that process or the family, etc., um, or the way they report it, etc., has a bearing on the future of that organisation. And I'm not trying to be like harsh or anything like that. I'm just trying to bring reality because sometimes we actually need to and we can't see this. As an administrative task, we have to see it as a important decision and a, a process that we enter into because we don't want to see children harmed or abused. That's our highest priority. You know, I can see an upside here in country towns uh, where, in some cases, uh, the ministers of all of the local churches have a level of uh, fraternity, of uh, friendship, and they'll meet in ministers' fraternals or a minister's circle or however the, mm. they might uh, manage that terminology. But but for for church leaders to get together to be an encouragement to one another, you've got this wonderful opportunity to make your whole town's churches safe places and really you mm. can you can lock out... Uh, the threat of mm. pedophilia in churches if if the leaders are together on this. What's your encouragement to, to people who might be uh, leading churches and part of ministers' fraternals and together can do something which is really proactive and actually raise the profile of the church in a tremendous way? What, what are your thoughts? Well, I think that's actually a really great decision. Um, I haven't seen that yet, um, but I think, you know, one thing we're talking about with Penguin where the rock church is, we're saying, what would it look like to make Penguin child safe and actually have the conversation around that? And, and they have already started talking with, with ministers and, and pastors in the area, and there's not that many churches there, but, but they all, all have a passion and desire to keep children safe from harm and abuse. I think that would be amazing. Imagine if, if those, um, the pastors and leaders actually got together and said, you know what, not on our watch. We're not going to, we don't want any perpetrators in this place um, or any of these churches or anything like that. 
we have one goal in mind, and that is to keep our children safe. That would be remarkable. And you know what? That would make a great story. Visions 2020 with Neil Johnson. A biblical perspective on life, culture, and current events. Neil Milton is our guest. He's the Child Safe spokesperson, business development leader, and I mentioned the website childsafe.org.au. Neil, that website is important because... That'll alert those listeners in Victoria and in the Northern Territory who can still uh, get their people to some of your meetings uh, and also about this new campaign that's beginning. But just let me ask you to reinforce for us uh, just how important it'll be for churches to get a representative to along to, to some of your roadshow meetings. Yeah, because uh, the Royal Commission Institute of Child Sexual Abuse brought out 10 child safety standards and they have recommended that this is the baseline for organisations. This is the beginning point. So we go through each of the standards, how it impacts organisations, and then um, some practical steps of inputting it into your organisation, and then also um, how Child Safe can help you, as well as a Q&A panel with a lawyer and uh, insurance company. So who should go? Uh, just one representative from a local church? Is there typically oh. plenty of room for uh, the whole children's leadership team? Yeah, look, tickets are selling out fast. However, um, it will be wise to get onto it in the next couple of days. Um, Our suggestion is to get the board there because you can't just have one decision maker in the room. It will be wise to get a few so that then you can take it back to the church and say, this is a good decision to do. We need to do this. Okay, get your entire leadership team there if you can. Uh, Those dates on the childsafe.org.au website. Now, this uh, campaign that's starting this weekend, Are They Safe? This one's aimed at parents. Uh, Again, just uh, just recap for us what's so important about participating in this one. Yeah, so Are They Safe is a social media campaign that we're focusing on questions to ask organisations about your children's safety. We want to empower parents with the right information so they go to organisations and ask these types of questions um, so they have a peace of mind that when they drop their children off, they know that they're going to be safe. We've got an event happening on Monday the the 3rd of September in in Ringwood. Uh, You can go to the website, childsafe.org.au, and you can click on the button, Are They Safe?, and you can get your tickets there as well. All right, we have run out of time, but just uh, enjoy these catch-ups with you, Neil Milton. Uh, So practical and uh, delivering the sorts of things that will really enhance uh, the local church and uh, even to talk about things in uh, somehow a a harsh way by saying that there are some who are showing some levels of complacency uh, is a good way to talk about how we need to approach these issues of child safety in church. Uh, Neil Milton, the Child Safe spokesperson and business development leader, the website that will have the links to the things we've been talking about today with dates and with the new campaign is childsafe.org.au. Childsafe.org.au. Neil Milton, thanks so much for sharing your thoughts and your heart with us today on 2020. Thanks for having me. Before you go, thanks for listening. There's lots more great audio on demand, or you can listen to us live at visionradio.org.au. And remember, Vision is listener-supported. Your donation, large or small, will help us continue connecting faith to life for hundreds of thousands of people across Australia and around the world. Learn more or donate today at visionradio.org.au.